Greetings and welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons. Guess what we're doing today, everybody? We're returning to the wastes. And Bo is back in the DM seat. The hot seat, if you will. Very exciting stuff. Before we get cranking, though, a reminder that our friends at Phoenix Pearl Tea have some tea for you. In fact, there's still a lot up there that are based on the Waste Campaign. Go find out what they are and if they're a fit for you at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. And now, without further ado, we hand it over to Bo Schwartz, who will tell us what happened last time, I guess, on the Waste of There Will Be Dungeons. Hi, Bo. Hi, I'm just this dramatic pause <laughs> as, I as I collect myself. Cool. Like, okay, now go. Uh, all right. Um, <clears throat> our story continues in the wastes of the planet Earth, deep in the solar system. Nash Maggard of the Solar Minds, Stanley Billings. Hope Akamenos and Varel Rasvim Kurik, now known throughout the lands as the Heroes of the Wastes, spend time in lamentation in the ruins of the great elven space station Elhandar. Each has agreed to stay and wait while Stanley Billings attunes to an item of great magical power handed down to him by his father, Delit Onaf. As each one retreats to their own contemplations, they think back to what has transpired this past month. They first met in an unknown location, a hidden cove village called Dust Hill, where the leader of such place, the Hillmaster, entreated them to become the Hill Guard, for his current Hill Guard was plotting to betray him. They agreed tentatively, and soon found themselves embroiled in a great plot against the populace of Dust Hill by the Hillmaster himself. This led them deep to a dwarven cave called Mogferain, where they encountered the first of many weird demons they would meet, Quizquaz, the Dream Drinker. After this encounter, they returned to the surface of Dust Hill only to find that it was being assaulted by a, a goblin horde. From there, they pursued the goblin horde, finding an ancient facility where they unleashed a black dragon named Yoshalar into the sky. But they would not realize its import until much later. Their journey brought them to a place called Slave Town, where an enigmatic figure known as the Principal was expanding his territories beyond a range of mountains separating east from west, the Dead Fingers. There, under the direction of the Principal, 
The oil beard dwarves had enslaved the residents of Slave Town, forcing them to work in a treacherous place called the Black Mine. As our heroes contemplated liberating the town, a cyclops happened upon this town called Orb, and they convinced him to go away. <laughs> <laughs> There was some concern over a land dispute between Catherine Speckles and Tylander Sullivan. But they eventually descended into the Black Mine, as a curse had overtaken it, and had become the most important issue to resolve. Deep a hundred floors beneath that mine, they met their second weird demon, and their most notable of them all, Katobal Praith. Katobalpraith brought them to a place called the Weir, a magical land above a body of water called the Piss, and promised them great power in exchange for a simple task. Kill the principal. Although Varel would not yield in this agreement, the rest of the party contemplated that they disliked the principal and his slavery and thought it an easy task. But it would not be. They returned to Slave Town, having liberated the Black Mine of its curse. And Nash took pixie dust and burned half of it down. <laughs> so they ran away. <laughs> After wandering in the desert some time, they encountered a nag and her warm creature's son and became enchanted by it. All but Stanley, who rescued his companions but not before becoming overtaken by the Archfey of Carnage, Diantalus, who would accompany him in his mind for the coming months. The heroes proceeded to a place known as the Teat, but was once a great tiefling kingdom that Hope's family line was ruler of, Tietkala. There they met the leader of a gang in Trashburg called Monsoon Cabbage. Monsoon directed them to a passage underneath the castle so they could rid this place of their current rulers, the Guzzle Gang, led by, led by the Suckmaster Din. They vanquished the Suckmaster and his pet, Froghemoth, who escaped into space. But they had also learned that Monsoon had betrayed them along the way, using them to slay his ancient love and rival, Kefeli, a metal Medusa. In the final moments, Monsoon changed his mind and yielded Tietkala to the rule of Queen Hope, Akmenos. And for the next three months, Hope did her best to provide for her people and create a place of safety in the hostile wastes. There, Nash bore children with Angelashi, whom he met at a Chinese food restaurant and dance parlor, and Varel created the Golden Sands, a place for adventurers to find work. And Stanley contemplated his inner being by devoting himself to Malhaya for a time. Three months had passed, and the principal decided 
he would pay a visit to this new kingdom, and there for the first time they met their mark. A man made entirely of chrome, who could transport across great distances in the blink of an eye. He relieved Stanley of his curse of dying Talus. Stanley was once again free of the Arch Fay. But the peace would not last long, for Katobalpraith had formed a rival in the Weir Realm, a demon known as Adriesta, to whom Kefeli belonged, and thus she had spite for our heroes. She sent a demon of madness, Dolopopio, to assassinate the queen. But the queen survived, and the heroes went out to find the source of this terror. To ensure the safety of Tietkala, Pharrell returned to Razagval, for it was there the mind worms led him. And from there he determined that Razagval was corrupt and impure, taken over by silly, feudal disputes between its leaders. And from there he accepted his fate as great fang for his people on Earth. The Cyclops they had shooed away had become the master, Orp. And he defeated Orp. And then he defeated the houses to claim his rightful place as leader. The victory would not last long, for the Mindworms continued to plague the town, and they traveled to the place in the Purple Desert called Kervalon. And they traveled deep below the facility to slay Dolopopio in his realm. They were too late, and the world was facing destruction. And in order to save it, they all sacrificed their lives to destroy the machine that would bring the Weir into this world. But it would not be the end of the tale, for they traveled to a strange place called Sigil. Well, Nash and Vorel did. <laughs> Stanley and Hope died. Vorel and Nash were distraught and sought... There must be. Were, they were made an offer by a strange birdman named Kidigree in this sigil. Sigil, excuse me. They had to win an M Sports Marionette Fighting Championship, and Kidigree would resurrect his friends. And Varel, not one to shy out, shy away from a fight, vanquished all opponents in the M Sports arena, and brought back his friends. From there, they met Tobacho Fleur, the great crime dragon of the Hive, who sent them on a mission in exchange for information on how to return home. From there, they went to the Outer Plains, to the White Tower, to defend it from demons, to collect a treasure, which they were not to open, but a hope opened and found that it was an ancient arm. In the epic climactic moments of a great battle, she lopped off her arm and placed this new arm upon herself, gaining new power and a strange companion that only she could see. After escaping in an airship, dodging a moon that was summoned and various mechas that came to defend it, they found their way back to Tietkala. And they were exhausted. But the horrors they encountered in the firmament came with them. 
and Tietkala was sacked by the demons of the Abyss. They found out they were not alone, though, and reinforcements arrived from the great space station Elhandar, high above Earth, whose mission it was to find a cure for the desolate sand wastes of this planet and to rid the Weir Curse once and for all. They learned much aboard this space station, but it was not to last, for Tobacho Fleur was displaced by a rival of Varel, the Mind Master, who sent Henatar Grape and the Asphyxiant Army to assault them and everything they loved. Elhandar fell from space to the surface of Earth in the battle. I left out a detail. I have to go back a bit. <laughs> while aboard Elhandar, while aboard Elhandar, the black dragon they had freed early in their adventures had found a home in the biodome of Elhandar. And in its final moments of life, advised the party that the one way to save the planet once and for all was to use its dragon metal heart to forge a trianglosphere, an artifact of impossible geometry, and to deposit it in the hottest place on the planet. The heroes knew not what to do with this information. But then that battle ensued, and they all fell to the planet. Mo their loved ones safe, they returned with High Elf Amenthalodar to Mars. Their loved ones being the four children of Nash, Pipe, Boot, Fork, and Nash Jr., and his wife Angelashi. Their elf companion, Lyriel. The baby kobold, Squirts. Diantalus. The newly formed Diantalus. Free to walk around as blue energy. And Vorel's protege, Bok Bok. Along with Riddle Nobieri, Hope's advisor, those allies returned to the safety of Mars, while the heroes of the Wastes spent time in this cottage amongst the ruins of Elhandar in the desolate silence of the sands, contemplating what might be next. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, title card. Heroes of the, the Waste. All right, it's done. Damn, well done. That was the exposition very solid. is complete. Yeah, well done. That was awesome. Just like that, we're caught up. Yep. All right. So, Pharrell, Nash Maggard, Stanley <laughs> Billings, Hope, good to see you all once again. But I'm not sure if it's great to be all right now. Uh, the most recent events that have happened is that you fell from Elhandar, trapped in this cottage like a like a shaken can of coke. You've made your way out. Some Elhandy reinforcements have come and, and bring brought back your friends. But a particularly concerning event has just recently happened. A giant creature opened from a portal, you'll remember, 
and dropped into the earth, burrowing in. With this in mind, after that had happened, it's been silent since. Now, you're all aware that um, Stanley needed four days to uh, attune to his magical item to see uh, what this spell jammer thing is that is supposed to emerge from the cottage. Now, given the insanity of events and the feeling of failure that everyone expressed in the previous conversation, the despair that the party felt... There was a sense that this this grouping would split apart, that people would go their own directions. But a conversation took place whereby Stanley suggested that everyone wait to at least see what this transformation entailed before deciding to go your own way, before deciding to break the fellowship. And thus, three days have passed. And we are close to the evening of the, th- of the third day. The next day being the fourth, when whatever it is that Stanley is going to reveal will be revealed. So I ask you, during these three days of contemplation, what might your characters have gotten up to? And, and just welcome back. Just play around if you want to say a few lines as your characters and have some fun. So where are we are where physically like is anybody around? Am I anywhere near my family? That kind of thing. Because no, they, you, you sent them all back to Mars. So okay. when you landed, the Elhandari ships came. Yeah, and um, you, they basically they told you that the Mars terraforming platform, which was this annex to the Elhandari space station, because they're trying to turn Mars into a habitable planet that the elves have like a backup location there. Okay. So, um, so knowing that it's safer than being in the, in on the planet where this giant creature had jumped into the, the planet and it's just, you know, the wastes are very hostile. You agreed to leave them under the care of the elves of El Hendar on Mars. Okay. Um, yeah. Another thing worth mentioning too, just to bring up from the last time we played as well is that um, you did learn in your father's notes, Stanley, and I believe you shared this with everyone, that um, that your father was searching for someone by the name of Tungsten Wheel, who might be an, engin- an Elhandary elf who could engineer the Trianglosphere, needed to save the planet, but he was missing. And the only known location of someone who might know of that person is an elf by the name of Dunglestar Ravensbread, who is on Mars. So part of the discussion with the Elandari elves was that you would wait four days to see what became of this transformation and then go to Mars to talk to this Dunglestar. Now the winds have picked up a little bit. Uh, knowing they'd be going on a journey, Hope, in order to clear her mind as well, would just be taking rides on her elvish uh, motorcycle through the desert, but she'd also be collecting food, hunting small things, and bringing it back and starting to restock their food stores. Cool. So you said motorcycle, but for our listeners, I just want to make sure it's a it's a speeder. It's a Star a Wars speeder <laughs> made out of. Oh, it's a motorcycle now. Have you changed? No, it? no, no. The speeder's oh. totally fine. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I just want people to picture the 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 floating hunk of wood that it is with the things. But yes, 
this, we can call it motorcycle for sure. No problem there. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So you would have been up to foraging and, and collecting food. Now, the inside of the cottage was a mess. Uh, was there any effort to clean it up by any of the party? You know, what were you guys up to? What would you, what would, I, I assume, Vorel, when we last left off, you were pretty upset and you were content to be buried in the sand and shutting everything out. I think at one point, um, Stanley was experimenting with the new electric guitar he has, and you were like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. You were burying yourself deeper in order not oh, to hear it. Oh, I remember that. Mm. Forgot about that. You were pissy. <laughs> <laughs> <The last Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. You were very upset, so I don't, yeah. Well, so w- would the house be full of dead tieflings and elves? Weren't they all uh, caught in the blender? Um, the there fall? are, yeah, there are corpses inside for sure of some that died. Right, and I had promised to them that they would survive if they had stayed with us, so that was the source of my great shame. However, mm. I how did Hope get with us, or, or what? At what point did Hope join us in the adventure? I guess. Um, when we were in the when we were in El Handar in that cottage in the woods. Oh right, you you appeared independently. Yes. So currently, the location of Doctor Spider, serious business, and they had just rezzed uh, squirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Or yeah. uh, Brent had just rezzed squirts. And right. was joining the evil group. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So we we haven't group. talked about Team Evil. Team Evil's still uh, in play, but okay. uh, we haven't talked about Team Evil at all yet. Um, yeah. So uh, actually, that's a good question. I believe you all reconvened at Tiet Kala coincidentally when the de- demon sacked it and ended up on El Handar together. So so you so you guys had returned to Tiet Kala. Uh, oh, that part I'm not remembering. Actually, no, we were I, we were before. Through... Hope got teleported. Um, she went through a teleport on her own. That's right, because Squirts was with you, and Squirts died to the great um, yeah, demon lord that you had fought at the culmination class. of that battle. And then yeah. Hope Hope also happened to be around, like going portal style. She came back to. I don't know if your characters know that. You, then you there know. was a lot of not trust because Hope just showed up out of the blue and we hadn't been oh, traveling yeah. with her for After a while. After putting on that and, arm. <laughs> and then things started to get better. And But you, we did have that time in the forest together, hunting and staying in the cabin lodge with the uh, very um, sexually active ghost elves in, in the in the cabin. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I think some bonding had occurred because, you know, Hope got kidnapped by Dian Talus and you rescued her. Um, and that's where you met Yoshalar the dragon who told in that cave on the, in the biodome. That's also where my lieutenant died. Yes, Omnom faced a tragic end at the hands of Dian Talus. Which slightly my fault as I remember it because I activated all nine beads on the orp necklace, which we will not remember where it where it was stored. That's right. That's right but Omnom was pretty lacked guile in a certain sense uh, as well. His yes. strategic positioning was was to be in the front, of course, and that played a part too. Omnom died doing what was most important to him, defending the honor of the Great Fang. Right. Okay. So for Varel, then, I am not only enjoying a first sand nap in a very long time, I also very much wish to mourn my lieutenant, and I am overcome by a sense of duty to check out 
Razak Val. However, mm. if Stanley asked me to stay, I would undertake cleaning out the bodies from the house because I did promise them they would be well. And I failed them. For burial rites? Yeah. Okay, so Hope will be foraging for food. Varel will be um, doing his best to honor the fallen that have that, that are present in the building and put them to rest. Um, Stanley, Nash, what sort of things do you think that you would get up to during these three days? Well, I can tell you that I know exactly what Nash would do. Nash without his family and Nash without too many distractions would spend those hours, those days anxiously kind of hanging around Stanley to see what happens. Like he's, he's trying to commune with, you know, whatever he's doing. And I would be like, you know, how's it going? Is it done? Are you done? Like I'd, I'd be like that really annoying. Um, and just kind of hanging or hanging about. And if I'm, if he's somewhere, I'm not too far off sitting down, like throwing rocks at a tree or, or I guess there's no trees, but you know, just being, <laughs> being anxious and being like ready to what, you know, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? And I'd be waiting for, for whatever it is he needs to get done here. Um, is there anything you want to taste or, <laughs> or smell or poke, put my yeah, finger in? I know you're very inquisitive to personality. I, I mean, I would have, if I had seen something strange, I would have maybe messed with it you know, bug or something, mm. but nothing too crazy. Um, but you know, outside of eating and taking a big Nash dump outside the camp somewhere, <laughs> I would probably Do you have a location <laughs> where the dumps are going. No, I just like dig a hole and maybe, maybe bury it. This depends on, you know, the day. Not by my holes. I hope. No, 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 not by your holes. <laughs> no, these are going to be mad again. Far, far from your holes, but I would be like, you know, Anything, anything yet? You know, like it'd just be annoying to Stanley. Not on purpose, just because I'd just be anxious to like get going. Yeah. And get her done. So that'd be what I did or am doing. Okay. Stanley. Stanley, with Nash hovering around constantly, is exhibiting what uh, might seem like incredible patience. Even though he's told him over and over again, it's four days. And there is no way to rush it. It's four days. Uh. Um, he he's always been willing to tell him. He's always he's always had the answer. He's never been short with him. He hasn't made fun of him. He hasn't asked him to leave or dismissed him. Um, and he has uh, uncharacteristically tolerated Nash's presence in a way that even at the best of times he has not. Um, whenever Nash is not around, though, Stanley has been a bit of a ghost. He doesn't really seek other people out. Uh, any chance he gets to just sort of disappear up to his father's study and, you know, try and seal it off, uh, he does. And doesn't join for meals or anything like that. He has just kind of been melancholy and on his own. Okay. When Nash isn't around pestering him. Would it be annoying to Stanley if Nash spent a good deal of this time laying on his back, looking at the sky, especially at night, firing simple cantrip style fireballs into the sky? Just, you know, like somebody might take a baseball and do this when they're bored. 
but just yeah. shoot them in the sky. If I see a bug, try to hit it. How, how annoying would that be? Well, Stanley would definitely find it annoying, but outwardly, you would not be able to tell. Okay. Stanley has been completely tolerant of all your behavior. All right. And which, which will truly, truly annoy Nash. That will annoy him like nothing else. Because if I can't, <laughs> By the way, if I can't bug Nash, him, it's, yeah. Yes, not sir. only can you shoot them in the air, but there's a lot of wreckage. Like the wreckage of Alhandar is all around, so there's lots of targets for you to shoot at, too. Oh, cool. I'd do some of that, too, then. Things that were, you know, harmless and not going to hurt anybody. I would just... Yeah. You know, it's not even out of boredom. It'd just be anxious, like, oh my gosh, freaking. Kind of actually kind of like picturing you like lining up a bunch of bottles or something, and just you know, you know, instead of gun practice, it's firebolt practice. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I'll miss my kids, especially Boot. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have favorites. You can't pick favorites. You love all. <laughs> um, but I would be, yeah, I'd be anxious and weird, and and hopefully not bug Stanley too much. But that would be my my state of mind while he's being, you know. He's okay. Being spiritual. So um, around dusk time on the third day, it sounds like Stanley, you're not taking meals with the group. Um, but what? So maybe you'd be in the study right now, sort of being aloof. Um, Varel, Hope, Nash, uh, and, and Stanley, you too. Um, what might you be doing around that time so we can kind of place place everyone for what's about to happen? Oh. Hope would be uh, putting together uh, food, little food packages for everybody. Be cutting into the dried meats and everything. That's nice. Rations. She'd be making rations. Okay. Varel? Varel would be helping cook in a sort of nervous way, but hoping, hoping to recapture that moment of fun and innocence we had back in the White Tower and once again feel a relationship with Hope who has transcended beyond understanding. Okay. And Nash, you're out shooting firebolts, I take it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be out firing firebolts, just, you know, trying not to be in the way, but still just... All right. Bok Bok has chunks, right? Yeah, they're at Bok Box on uh, yeah. Mars with. Ch- oh, okay, chunks. right, right, okay, right. Yeah. You guys, it's just you're you're alone. You're away from. <laughs> He's not here, right? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So let's start off with the first roll of uh, uh, first roll back. I need perception rolls from everyone, please. Oh my lord! Don't remember how bad I am at perception. I'm pretty good as my potato guy. All right, here we go. Uh, 13 for Nash. All right. A 22 for Stanley. Nine for Hope. Natural 20 for a 26. Woo! Okay, so... um, Oh, no, my pen. All right, so... um, (laughs) Stanley, because you're in your study, uh, your perception roll, though it's quite high, you don't... You won't be able to perceive what's going on. It's not a big deal, but we're not going to be doing that. But Varel, as you are preparing food, um, if you had hairs, they'd be raising on the back of your neck. So let's just say your scales tingle with electric feeling. Uh, the feeling of a predator who's aware that something's changed but cannot see or otherwise give an explanation as to what. You feel as though something is out there. 
And you said it's lunchtime, right? So it's bright outside? Uh, dusk, so we're close to dinner. So sun is going uh. down. So if you were to look outside, one side would be dark, and then the other side you'd see the sun turning to bright, you know, that, that shade of yellow as it goes down, an incandescent candle, so to speak, as the sun lowers. Well, I would take my usual stealth position, crawling on all fours, and slither my way under the table, making my way to the window. All right, stealth roll, please. I hope you do see this. <laughs> or else hope instantly and... Yeah. It's still, yeah, uh, Hope, uh, seeing that she's been practicing with the necklace, would transform into a lizard person with the color of the wood inside the house and try and copy Varel. Oh, wait, I forgot about what this is. Uh, this necklace of appearances or something along those lines? Yeah. I get to cast Alter Self at will. That's right. Man, so much has happened. It's hard to remember everything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. All right, cool, cool. Necklace of infinite appearances. You transform yourself into a lizard folk as well. All right. So you're making, are you stealthing too? Are you sort of following his lead? Yeah. Yeah. She'll follow his lead. All right. Both of you stealth rolls, please. I got a 22 with the advantage from my changing scales. Okay. And then a 20. Okay. So you're very stealth. You wouldn't be able to tell anyone was in the house with Stanley being super quiet studying. And you moving. Now, Stanley, even though you didn't hear what, um, you didn't succeed in, in this sort of test, because of your high perception, you are aware that they have stopped making rations. And based on the way the sounds were, it sounds like they've stealthed themselves. So you have that much perception that you can, you can hear that. Now you can continue to ignore it or you can, you can, you know, I'm just letting you know that you, you're aware of that. Stanley um, would, uh, he'd, ignore it he wouldn't take any action overtly but curiosity being what it is whatever he's doing to occupy his time would stop and he'd do that thing where it's just like i'm focusing on listening now okay like i'm not going into action it's like weird noise in the middle of the night and you're like right right he's just okay. doing that yeah makes makes sense to me all right so uh that means um uh nash you're oblivious to all that's going on you're shooting fireballs or firebolts into the air yep Catching totally, them. Totally. Right. So Varel Hope, uh, you moved up to the window. Are you peering out or what's the next action here? You are stealth for sure, though. Correct. My first move would be to check the rip in the sky and then the horizon where the creature entered the planet. Okay. Um, so stealthily, you take a peek out. Um, you still see the tear in the sky. It's, it's a tear of blue and purple. It's... It's very subtle. It, it doesn't, there isn't a hole or anything you can peer into. It just looks, it's just been a fixture these past three days. It, it's the way to describe it is like, you know, when your glass is cracked, but nothing's getting through. That's kind of what it looks like. It looks like a sealed crack in the sky. Um, it hasn't changed as far as you can tell. And um, where the giant creature would have fallen into the earth is very far away from where you are. It's just so massive that you can see it very clearly. So you don't have any, you know, you see Elhandari junk uh, around. You have no vision on where it would have entered. Um, however, you do look around uh, with just a quick glance. You don't see anything amiss. Uh, you do see Nash doing his thing, though. <laughs> um, of course, you could try to use a roll to investigate further this was just a quick glance from stealth 
I would continue the quick glances, check on Nash, who seems undisturbed, and then check on my graveyard I basically constructed to see if it is. Okay. So, um, investigating all of these things, the graveyard looks undisturbed, the Nash looks undisturbed, so to speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the junk uh, is, 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 nothing looks amiss. You can feel something, but you can't see something. And even giving a quick little sniff, you're inside, so the scent is not good. You'll have to get outside to get a proper scent of the wind. Um, or open the window, perhaps. But uh, visually, there's nothing amiss. I would take note of Hope, though, taking a form of my people. If would, Did you select a certain clan or color? And, and do you look like you but a lizard? Uh, no, it would be a lizard person, a female lizard person, and she would have gone as close to the color of the wood inside the house as possible. So I guess a dark brown. Hmm. And Hope would uh, be checking the other side of the house, kind of mimicking what Varel's doing. All right, uh, you as well uh, don't notice anything out of place. You didn't have the, you don't have the sense that Varel has about what's going on. You've taken your cue from him and what he's up to. Um, but so your visual investigation also turns up nothing out of place. The wind blows. We can hear it rattling the windows. He's, you know. Varel, what do you see? What do you hear? I see. Who are you? <laughs> it's hope I can change uh, this I thought we're stealthing right hope huh <laughs> tell me hope how did we end up back on this planet Elhanda blew up and you were there She'll change back into hope, and then she'll change back into the lizard person. Oh. <laughs> Your appearance disturbs me, but I must investigate more. I'm heading outside. Okay, I'll follow. I will sneak over to the door while keeping on all threes, move a hand up, and pop it open. And then kind of nudge my nose in so I kick open the door enough to slither out. Okay, so maintaining the same stealth roll that you previously had, um, you open up the door quietly and you start crawling out. Um, where do you go? I want to make my way to Nash. Okay. Um, so you make your... <laughs> All right, so uh, Nash, can you make a perception roll, please? Absolutely. That'll be a 16. Okay, so that's lesser than Varel's roll. So you do not hear Varel uh, approach you. Okay. What do you do with that, Varel? Nash. Ah. It scares you. <laughs> uh, oh, hey. And, uh, Stanley Dunn, what are we doing? There's something amiss. Varel speaks through gritted teeth. Would you be so kind, Nash, as to cut the signaling of our position? Oh, this this is a problem. Okay, hold on a second, and I'll 
I, I didn't realize. I wasn't trying to do that, and then I'll stop. I'm no. just filling the time while we wait for uh, Zippy over there to get his shit done. Zippy? Uh, uh, sorry, Stanley. <laughs> Should I call him this as well? No. You're fine. You stay. You be you. It's just my little nickname that no one's heard until today. <laughs> Something is a mismatch. I feel it. What is it? I'll, I'll get up and just take his tone seriously. Something, as I just noted. <laughs> uh, like immediate danger kind of stuff, or... Like, what are we doing? My description is as complex as I can articulate. Oh. Well, I don't feel it. But then I'll do, uh, I'd like to do an arcane check if I might. Just see if I can sense any weird magic going on. Alright, go ahead and make your arcane check. Just feel the ley lines and the mana wave <laughs> radiation around you. It's not a great roll. A 11. Um, everything seems normal. Okay. Ma the, the magic of the universe seems to still be there and still feel the way it normally feels. Alright. Um... Yeah, I don't, I just don't, I can't tell anything's wrong. But I'll stay here, I'll stick with you uh, in case something goes down. Stay low. I will introduce myself. And I'll stand up. Raise my hand to the sky and summon forth my blade of Grosjil flaming. Mm hmm And holler out, <laughs> I am Varel. Rasphine Kurik, the Lizard King, hero of the waste, and I will go through my all my titles. <laughs> oh. Out into the sands. <laughs> okay. Um, they echo out. Uh, do a performance roll, please. This is a performative action. We would like to impress if we can. Eleven. You've done better. Nash is very but, impressed, though. If that helps. But still, you know, with, with Gust, it's still done well with Gusto as one would normally expect. Just you, you're aware you've you've done that better. Yeah, um, I, I think I get towards the end with the uh, hunter of the great elven woods, keeper of stories, butcher of the barasaurus, and deceiver of the cheater Diantalus with a little <laughs> less um, believability. The barasaurus. Yeah. Very good. Disappointed um, in those acts. Uh, right. So you look around, uh, Hope, Nash, Varel, um, Stanley, this carries into the cottage and you can hear Varel proclaim this very loudly now as well. Um, you look around, peer at the distance and, you know, towards the side where the, the, the dark is rising through like gusts of wind and sand and, 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 you know, debris that gets kicked up. You see nothing but dark blue, black, and then a silhouette robed is visible and approaches. There's no response, but you see you see a figure approach. It is unmistakably a humanoid in a cloak. It doesn't appear to be walking fast, and it appears to be perhaps within the cloak weighed down with items under there somehow. 
But it is approaching your direction for the cottage, 100%. Hope will call up to Stanley to let him know someone's coming. And she'll change back into Hope. Stanley lets out a sigh, kicks up from where he was laying down, just comes hobbling down the stairs, (laughs) kind of grunting to himself. Okay. Um, perfect. So uh, the figure continues to approach. It may be, you know, a few minutes before it arrives within the speaking location. It is not called back to you, Varel, but is heading your direction, so an encounter is inevitable. Mm. Any preparations that you'd like to make before the arrival in the few I minutes will, you have? I will hold my sword down towards the figure. I'm assuming that it's the shadowy cloaked figure that we met at the end of the White Tower scenario, as anybody else wearing a black hood would be odd here in the desert. And I will inform Nash that he should stand erect and make yourself known. Uh, (laughs) I don't don't know what you mean by erect, but all right, and I'll, I'll do as he says. I'll just stand there. Okay, you stand up. Uh, Hope is transformed back into her original form, and Stanley, where are you positioning? Stanley just comes out the front door. What is it exactly we're dealing with here? No idea yet. I'll say over my shoulder, a robed figure approaches. All right, well, why don't we go find out what he wants? Stanley will start walking forward. I'm standing here quite impressively. Yep, well, as impressive as it is to stand around for a few minutes, I'd rather get this over with. And Stanley will walk past them and just start walking towards the hooded figure. And I'll say, Stanley's really grumpy, and I'll say it quietly so he doesn't hear it. (laughs) Hope will follow. All right, a little bubble pops up uh, next to your where you can see Stanley. It says Varel didn't like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he will remember that. Um, all right, so uh, you approach forward. Does everyone approach with Stanley, or do they hold their ground? Um, I'd, I would. I'd, I'd approach behind him. All right. Sounds like everyone's gonna. Uh, Varel, you're gonna move up. Hope you move up. All right. So you move up to meet the figure. Um, and as you get close, uh, you're about to imminently get close and the figure still hooded. You can't make out anything about this, but you, s- Varel, your, <laughs> your, 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 um, scale senses are still tingling. Um, and, uh, do you, would you reach out to stop him or would you wait to be in close proximity to a stranger? I, I just want to get a sense of if you're going to keep your distance or not, I guess. Stanley's setting the distance for himself. I would be staying back and definitely ready to run in a great arc to attack from the side should it attack Stanley. Blank attack. Yeah. Classic. All right. So, uh, Stanley, you seem to be setting the pace here. Uh, How how close would you let this person get before stopping, if at Uh, all? Stanley would probably get within... um, He'd probably get within five feet and then just come to a stop. All right. Okay, so the hood, as the hooded figure gets closer, you see the hood is drawn greatly over his head. Um, but you see that, like, um, it's a tall, well-built um, humanoid of some kind, but towards the legs, it seems to poof out like there's equipment 
or something. You hear you hear a bit of jangling and rattling. You also hear from the cloak a bit of moaning. You hear like a uh, very silently carry it over the wind. You approach within five feet and then stop, and then the hooded figure stops. And the hood sort of moves back and forth, and then and then the hood is drawn back a little bit, and you see intense, silvery, piercing, tiefling eyes and a tiefling face. And it's immediately recognizable to everyone. You know this tiefling. It's Monsoon Cabbage. He looks to you, Stanley, and to the rest of you, and he says, It's been a long time. Would you care to invite me in for a conversation? I think you'll find our knowledge of vampires has greatly increased since the last time we spoke Monsoon Cambridge, and I have no intention of inviting you anywhere. He looks around and he says, There's much to discuss, and winds carry words farther than one would think. Please. I bring tidings of hope. You disgust me, and our tides are quite full of hope, you will find. Assure you, I mean you no harm. I am here because I have learned a great truth. And it's something you're going to want to hear, Valir or Noth, he says to you. Now... You've never told him your real name. So it is... It strikes you as a something. Uh, Stanley will definitely be shaken, and I don't think he could even hide it. But as quickly as he shows a shaken expression, he would say... Maybe you should stick around a while, Monsoon. We've been here a couple days, and I gotta tell you, the sunrise is really something. And then he'd turn around and start heading back towards the cabin. Oh, damn. Cool guy. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, with that invitation, he looks to Varel, and he looks to Hope, and he, may, he nods to you, Hope. He says, Good to see you again. And then he turns to face Stanley and follows Stanley walking towards the cottage. I imagine everyone falls uh, back uh, behind Monsoon in a protective thing now that you've got him completely surrounded. Uh, even though you're more clear on what a vampire is capable of, you realize this is very dangerous. And the five of you return to the cabin. Uh, I assume you go inside, Stanley, that this was agreement to be invited in. Oh, I was not inviting him in. Oh. Stanley okay. was dismissing him as far as oh. he was concerned. All right, so he's following you. <laughs> um, and everyone else is following you. So what, that what, wouldn't like, stop him. If he was following in line, Stanley is intent on showing that he is not concerned 
about monsoon cabbage and would just continue right to the cabin and suspecting that he wouldn't be able to cross the threshold of the cabin stanley right you directly inside which you didn't really give right you didn't right. i don't think he, yeah hmm, hmm. okay we'll say I'm, I'm trying to think if there's a, a word lawyering of magic that i can do but i i don't think so um so he stops at the doorway and he says Will one of you invite me in, please? It's a formality. What burdens your pants so, Monsoon? (laughs) (laughs) You wish to know what's in my cloak? It's my meal. As you know, uh, someone with my affliction must satiate those desires. I want you to feel safe around me, so I have my own food source in here. What was his name? Well, is he still lives yet? And then he peels back the layers of his cloak, and you see sort of his garb. He's wearing, you know, canvas clothes uh, for desert travel, seems like. Black. Um... And then hanging from his belt is like a cage, you know, like the cages you might see in a dungeon that hang from the ceiling that are like bird cages, but for mm-hmm. people, yeah. but it's a small half one. And there's a, uh, there's a halfling inside looking very uh, gaunt, very yellow, um, definitely fed upon. Uh, and he's sort of got this, this big collar on. And from this big collar, there's a plastic tube sticking out of it. And sort of da- it's dangling outside the cage like a straw, literal vampire straw. But what strikes you not about this, it's also the shock of who this halfling is. You've seen this halfling many times before. It is none other than Softhead. Oh, Again, sitting there gaunt, tired, and he's like, ah. Ah. and even though it's not sunlight out, he's been under the cloak for a long time, and he goes, Master, it's too bright. Please. He looks and he says, I believe you know this one. It's one of the principal's former ambassadors that I've taken for myself. He is now my thrall, aren't you, Softhead? Yes, Master. Are you hungry? His voice has changed somewhat, um, but likely from not having a tongue and now being sucked dry of blood. Does this meet with your approval? May I enter your abode? No, you're not coming in. You could build a fire out here, but this is Stanley's place. Hope your words feel like daggers to me. We have real daggers, if you wish. <laughs> he, started, he, he laughs a little bit that, at that, and he says, Listen, you are aware of the destruction of Principal City, yes? Yes. I come and bring word from Principal City. I bring word for Valir or Nath. So Will you grant me an audience or not? Spit it out. Tell us here what he said. I don't want to end up like that dude in your coat. 
He he opens <laughs> the dude in your coat. <laughs> he opens up um, a pocket and he pulls out what looks to be not a coin but like a, a badge, not even a badge, but like a, an actual sigil of some kind, like a it is like a badge, and he shows it to you. Um, the badge has um, a book on it. And then in the background of the book is a quill and parchment forming sort of a crest or a coat of arms, but one of not aggression. It would look to be like a guild of intellect or of some such thing. And he points that to you, uh, Stanley. He says, does this mean anything to you? Stanley will turn back around, having gone through the threshold, but stop to listen. Come back out. Take it. Look at it. Anything familiar about it? Roll a history check, please. A 19. That's a good roll. You have a recollection of seeing this in your childhood home where you lived with your father and mother. It was above the fireplace, upon the mantel. The very same coat of arms you remember your father explaining to you that this was the family coat of arms the Ornoth coat of, coat of arms many many years ago it seems somewhat familiar it's surprising that you know the name and possess this how did you come about it he looks to the distance dramatically. It is a long tale. But let me tell you, there was a time your father and I were close. We were members of a group much like yours, and we called ourselves the Circle of Naglagesh. When you came to me for the first time in Tiet Kala, you presented yourself as Stanley Billings. And it, is, it has been many hundreds of years since Delit and I adventured with our companions, much in the way that you do now. Had I known then that you were his son, I think things may have played out differently. I learned of your identity in Principal City. The principal told me himself. You know who else was in the circle of Nagladesh with your father and I? No, who? He looks to Nash. We too had a Nash. Which one? I don't know. Last I heard, he became a tower. Somewhere. In his kingdom amongst the stars. 
well, he Nash would immediately know what this referred to, assuming there's only one of those. But he would he wouldn't offer that up. Still don't trust this dude. There were two other members of the circle of Naglegesh. The one you call the principal was one of our number, too. Back in those days, we thought we could rid this world of the weir, but our fellowship crumbled. It was due to the principal that it crumbled, but I will admit I was not well suited for it either. For my concerns were not the concerns of mortals. I wanted to rule my kingdom of thralls most of all. But I owe your father something. And certainly if I have no world to rule, then I have a stake in this fight too. Upon learning that you're his son, I realize you and your companions are our planet's only hope for survival. And I've come to offer you help. Knowledge, information, and a way to rid you of your curse of Kadobal Praith. All right, you still have my attention. May I come in? Sure, come on in. Thank you. And Monsoon re removes his hood completely, and he looks, his hair is longer now, and he, he looks... He somehow looks more worn out than he did when you first met him. And he was already an older, um, craggly-looking tiefling to begin with. Ah. Back in the old boat, he says as he enters into the cottage. I see you have your father's abode. I admit it's nice to be back here. You had mentioned that uh, there were two other members. Is, was that Nash and the principal, or is there another you haven't named? There was one other, but you would not know him. His name was Grosjil, and he was a lizard folk of Razakval. Uh, Nash would make kind of an oh shit face and look at Burrell. <laughs> The circle of Naglagesh was committed to finding a way to finish what the dragons could not do when they sealed our planet and scorched it to rid this planet of the weir curse. But unfortunately, it fell apart. I can't say that I'm not one to blame as part of it, but the principle is a manipulative madman, and he undermined your father's efforts. Although we did not discover it until it was too late, he should have expected it. Regardless, he plotted with Grosjil. <sighs> he sighs. 
Grosjean is innocent of this. He is a weapon, and you point him in the direction, and he will terrorize whatever is in front of him. But the principal exploited us all. He's playing both sides. And I fear he's lost the point of everything and seeks only power. You see, the principal learned that there's one thing the weir cannot stand. The very essence is corrupted by chrome. It's chrome that undoes these demons. And he sought to change every inch of his body into this indestructible form. And yet, he still has dealings with them. It is madness at this point. He is too far gone. But when I left Tietkala three months, it was to find out why a Nash had come back. I had not seen one for 200 years. I wanted to know what he was up to. I learned that he entered into a pact with one they call the Archfey of Carnage, Dientalis. The principal had... I believe he had imprisoned him. And he had obtained him from you, Stanley Billings. And I remembered that name because when I was spying on you with the radio equipment, do you remember... I remember you stabbed a man named George Miller in the neck. But it wasn't you. The party was referring to you as this dying Talus. That's correct. I had a uh, guest tagging along for a time. Well, this guest was at Principal City. And the principal invited me to observe this ritual of changing. In exchange for his freedom, Dian Talis agreed to surrender Sylvan's secrets of immortality to him to increase the strength of his form. That does sound like something he'd do. The ritual went wrong. You see, Dian Talis gave him his gifts, and it was complete. But the principle transformed into something. Something this planet should never have. Do you know of the legend of the Lich? I can't say that I do. It is a powerful spellcaster. A man of arcane means who has found a way to completely cheat death. And with those sylvan secrets, the principle has become such a thing. He is no more what you think he might be. He betrayed Dientalus. After taking those secrets, he sought to consume Dientalus completely. They fought in Principal City, and their battle caused the explosion and death of millions. Such a waste of good food sources. Dientalus escaped I know not where. And the principal's fate is unknown, but he is not vanquished. 
but upon learning that you were the son of Delit Ornaf. I see no other person of hope for this planet. If you and your companions do not do anything, then this world's fate is sealed. And why us? What makes us so special? We've been trying to change things for a while now, and I can't say we've made a single place better for it. The wastes are a harsh place. There are enemies everywhere, selfishness abound. Look at the monster I have become. You are too hard on yourself. You have liberated Tietkala. You have fought time and again for the concerns of mortals. But the forces of darkness, the forces of the weir that surround this planet are cons formidable. If you have this abode, then you have the book of your father. Among us, your father was the best of us. He planned for everything. He knew what was to become. The day Nash entered his life, it was forever changed. Not you, Nash, but the Tower Nash. He convinced me, a person with little care for the concerns of mortals, to join. He was a man of great stature. I know not what happened to him. But if I had to guess, the principle was behind that too. I'm sensing a lot of quiet amongst you. You were much more animated and delightful when we first met. Did something bad occur here? There's been a lot of bad things that have happened, as you've said. Uh, so he's a lich, you said. So what does that mean about us defeating him? What even is that? A lich is a magic wielder who cannot be killed, whose powers rival the gods themselves. Okay, so we can't kill him. How are we to defeat him? A lich is not without its weaknesses. To defeat him, you will have to find the source of his power. Simply put, the being of lich will not die. So he has stored his soul in a place of great safety. You must find it. You wouldn't happen to know where that is. No, he did not tell me. It's not a secret a lich would tell anyone. You will have to face him and find out for yourselves. But the, though the principal is an antagonist, he is not the important thing here. The important thing is sealing this world from the weir. Tell me 
Have you learned of the way to do that? Delete had mentioned something of an artifact called a trianglosphere that he was looking to create when last I spoke with him before our separation. Have you heard of this device? We have. We have the materials needed to create it. We simply do not have the means. And do you know... Do you have any leads? He must have left something in his book. We know of an engineer. We do not know the location. Well, good, good. Then you have your path set before you. I feel reassured of this. I guess I've come to say I'm sorry for the role I played in antagonizing you in Tietkala. Had I known you were Dalit's son, this may have played out differently. But I'm glad you're all alive. Although, and, um, Monsoon takes a very long look, Hope, at your arm. You know, that arm, that hand. She'll transform it back to what it's supposed to look like. And then she'll just stare at him. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Although I'm concerned... When you first came to Tietkala, I could tell that the scent of Katobalpraith was among you. But lost in my grievances against the Guzzle Gang and Kefeli, I paid it no mind. And certainly, I'll admit to some distraction over hope. He looks at you, he looks at you with a long look. He looks at you in the eye as he says all this hope. I feel now that that has lessened amongst you and the the only one among you I feel still has been claimed by the weir and he turns to Stanley is you Valir so he opens up his cloak and he pulls out a briefcase and then he folds it out into a table and as the table opens a bunch of supplies open up onto it, like syringes and pliers. If I do one last good thing, I came to remove your curses. It is not something commonly known, but it is something I remember we had to do many years ago. Stanley, and he reaches out his hand, and his eyes sort of roll into the back of his head as he reaches his hand out towards you. I sense the stench of the weir upon your soul. Allow me to make amends for my previous actions by removing it. You will not be able to defeat Katobal Praith or save this planet as a thrall to the weir demons. It must be excised. Just like that. It's not a simple process. You will need your friends. 
We will have to remove the demon inside of you, and they will have to kill it. While we perform the rich ritual. The ritual. The ritual. <laughs> Marriage. <laughs> if it is going to require them and putting them in harm's way, then it is not my decision. I'll do it, Stanley. I don't care. Let's free you. Nash. I mean, you can count on me. Just get me back to my kids and everything's fine. Varel. This man is yet to prove himself. Come, monsoon cabbage. I have been cooking a meal. If you can make it through the entire dinner without once saying my feed or what delicious people had died out there or insulting our journey here thus, you may cut Stanley open or whatever it is you need to do. I would gladly join you for dinner, but I must sup on the blood of my thrall here. For I cannot eat food with the curse of vampirism. Yes. Vampires do not poo, so I would have to pull the food back out manually. And it is <laughs> it's very agonizing thing to do, as I don't have gag reflexes anymore either. I literally have to scoop it out with a spoon down my throat. That's foul. This is the sort of dinner conversation we will not be having, Monsoon Cabbage. <laughs> I will outfit for you a hole in the table, and I will put a cup on top of that hole so it looks thusly like a tube is running out of a normal cup. You may put Soft Head under the table, of which I will put a sheet over him, and you will pretend to drink normally from that cup. It is your home. I will follow your rules then. I when agree. dinner in a normal form is served, let us eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everyone gets around the table. Um, I'm going to, just in roll 20, um, I'm going to change the map over as soon as I find it. Um, just to something that reflects a little more what might be going on here at Vila Ornath. All right. You all see that? Mm, not yet. Oh, I haven't changed nope. it yet. Sorry. I've, it's been a while, guys. All right. Here we go. Now it should be changed. There we go. Hey. hey there they all are. All right. Oh, wow. Pals. We didn't clean up, did we? Look at that. Well, I wasn't, you know, like, it's hard to anticipate. So it's still messy, but it's kind of back together, right? The glass oh. is off the floor. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, yeah, here's the, the monsoon cabbage. We'll just, well, I'll try and move that uh, chair closer. There we go. All right. So everyone, uh, so there's a dinner plan. Tell me about this dinner, Hope and Varel. Uh, Varel's kind of in the lead, but Hope, you did help make it, so... Uh, if Varel wanted to recreate the thing, Hope would have helped make that uh, family stew that she makes. Yeah, we'll do that. And then if you got any sand squid outside, we would attempt to make some sort of makeshift coffee and sandwiches. Perfect. All right. So the party, uh, Hope, sorry, Hope and Varel, you go ahead and prepare the dinner. Um, Stanley, Nash, anything... We can be a little bit more freeform. Is there any information, anything you want to do while we wait for dinner, uh, while I just pull up uh, some stuff here in roll 20? Um, sort of leave it freeform a bit. 
Oh, geez. Uh, if not, I think we're approaching our breaking time. Uh, if there's nothing immediate, this will give me a few time to prepare a couple of things uh, as we move into the next phase of our adventure today. Oh, that's great. Um, so, decisions? Yeah. Stanley would just be sitting awkwardly beside Monsoon Cabbage, making extraordinarily awkward small talk, if it if at all. Otherwise, it would just be very, very eerily quiet. Okay. Perfect. Um, Nash, anything? Would be, you know, when people sit and they're anxious in their chair and they start bumping their knee, like doing this with their foot, I'd be yeah. doing that. Perfect. All right. Well, um, then let's go to break while supper is prepared. And when we come back, it, the exorcism of Stanley Billings. Oh. All right, we'll awesome. Continue. We'll be back shortly, everybody. Stay tuned. All right, we're back from our break. It's the latter half of today's session. Back to Bo. So the heroes of the wastes and monsoon cabbage repast together, eating of uh, what was it? A stew? Can't remember what. Yeah, a stew. Eating together a stew while monsoon sips from a straw. <laughs> Um, muffled, uh, the conversation is stilted. It is, this is, a, after all, a creature you have caused to distrust greatly. And so everyone is cautiously enjoying their dinner. And it's mostly silent. Monsoon breaks the silence and says, Does anyone um, have any interesting stories to tell me of their adventures, adventures since we last saw one another. You seem markedly more wizened and experienced since we last met. Oh man, Nash would go, um, um, I wiped out. Oh no, we we'd wiped out that town before we saw him, right? Yeah. Oh, never mind then. That's <laughs> the one story he has. <laughs> that's my. That's my favorite. My favorite. Tells, ever, tells everybody who comes over. Let me tell you about this time. <laughs> it's like I did I got really high after that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I just don't remember in enough details. It's okay. It's fine. It, it, it sort of jives at the stilted. Nash says, oh, there's that story. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then it falls back into silence. <laughs> and he goes, well, perhaps then. And uh, interrupting him, a voice muffled from below the table. It says, Master, I, I feel weak. Can I become a vampire now? And then Monsu sort of makes eye contact with all of you and he says you will be we, we will make you one soon and he sort of shakes his head no to all of you as he says that uh, it won't be long long now soft head just a little I need you to be strong just a little longer but he shakes his head no to you as if you know he has no this is a lie he's told soft head lies at the table monsoon Oh, apologies. Um, it'll be a bit longer than that, Softhead. I, I gave you a false impression of how soon it might be. We have much to do. But don't worry, I will not... I will not drain you completely. I, I need you, Softhead. 
some real and he, he pats the table I was going to say it's some real Nandor uh, energy coming off of this guy <laughs> John knows <laughs> yeah. go ahead buddy. you may have questions then about the ritual I do as a matter of fact what exactly is it going to entail I will not say it will be easy. You will endure a lot of pain through the process. Just Stanley, right? Nobody but Stanley has the pain. It will be dangerous for all, but yes, we will have to cut out a portal in your flesh to release the demon inside. It will be painful. And I see we have cooks among us. I will need... Um, an analgesic prepared. Is analgesic the right word? Just anal what? An ointment. Anal what? Anal ointment? No, not anal ointment. Oh. Analgesic. He, he's not one of the cooks. You don't have to worry about it. Just, <laughs> let, just let him ask whatever he's going to ask. I believe I have most of what's needed. Um, and he begins looking through his pockets. Uh, he takes out a vial of, of this sort of water and he says, Pig sweat. Uh, salt. Do you have any salt left, Hope? Uh, yeah, there should be plenty. Okay, and then ink. Does anyone have ink? Stanley nods. I have ink if needed. Oh, we will need it. Please, let's assemble it on the table now while we're talking about it. He puts the pig, pushes the pig sweat to the center. Um, please get the salt and the ink and... I have uh, the other reagent required. Uh, blueberries. Do you know what those are? And he pulls out a container and it's a sweet, delicious bl- berry of blue. He puts I them mean, on I the table. Guessed from the name, but good that you have them. I don't know what those are. I have a missing eye and 250 fish eggs. Uh, we won't need the fish eggs, but... Would anyone like to try a blueberry before we use it? it? They're quite delicious. He takes one out and he offers it. I can't eat it, but I remember the taste. I, eat, I would eat one, yeah. Nash. Oh, he gives one to Nash. <laughs> <laughs> well, Varel, this man's my... perspective on deliciousness is questionable. I'm kind of, I'm hungry though. We haven't had much. We just had dinner. Oh yeah, the stew. It was all right. We're eating some stew. It's all right, man. <laughs> but look at these. These are blue and they look cool. Just let me try one. Fine. If we need another Nash, we'll get one from space. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then I'll eat his blueberry. All right. You eat the blueberry and it tastes good. Okay, no, no foul reaction. Tangy, acetic, no foul reaction. Okay. Um, then good. I will I'll take Sugary. a couple of more, just for good measure. Oh, be careful not to eat too much. We will need those, Nash. Oh, okay. Sorry. And then I'll, I'll just... Anyone else care for a blueberry? Well, well enough. Um, then I will need one last thing, Stanley. Can you give me a lock of your hair? And then from his table that he's folded out next to him where he eats, he hands you a pair of rusty scissors. Here. All right. Stanley finishes going through his component pouch, pulls out his uh, bottle of ink, sets it on the table, and then takes the scissors. 
and cuts the hair. And he looks at everybody and goes, I trust you all are not going to let him get away with this if this goes badly, right? Everything we touch seems to die, so I don't think we'll have a problem with that. 100%. Stanley cuts off a bit of his hair. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Uh, Who among you is the culinary alchemist? Not me. Everybody's looking at Varel, though he isn't speaking. Now, technically, I have performed surgery before. (laughs) (laughs) We've done a couple of surgeries over the years. I remember a man, sedated and drugged. He came in to work on hope. And I did things that I don't quite remember. Was his name Dr. McDickles? I believe so. so. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he passed out, I I think. I acted as his assistant for a time. I tried to take over for him while he was unconscious, I believe. That's where you, you, you amputated Hope's leg and arm, and he replaced it with some equipment. Yeah. Some metal arms, metal legs, back in the day. Well, very good. Can you prepare this um, ointment? I simply need you to boil everything together upon the wood stove there. Oh, very good. I'll grab up the things. Good. And who among you uh, is a capable drawer of glyphs and pentagrams? Oh, geez. Has any of us done that before? Uh, Nash, you've gotten pretty decent at it for transcribing your magic circles and whatnot. Oh, yeah, I could do it. All right, from his pouch, he, he, he gives you this red, this blood red chalk. He says, please place a pentagram on the ground. Stanley will need to stand at the center of it. Okay, and I'll, I'll get down and make that now. Are we doing this uh, in a different room? Is it the same room? It doesn't, not that it matters that much, but... Yep, so on the map here, uh, you can tell me where you want to place it. I will show you what it's going to look like. Uh, there, do you see it now? Oh, yeah, perfect. Uh, so, you know, wherever you want me to put it, just let me know. That's perfect, right there. Like wherever there? you're hovering, yeah. Okay. All right. There's that. Oops, okay, I'll stop playing with that. Um, so, Nash, you begin drawing the pentagram upon the ground. Uh, Varel, you begin boiling the ingredients together. <clears throat> And he says, uh, we will all need to learn the words of enchantment. In the beginning, all of us will chant it. But as we draw forth the demon from its portal, I will need the three of you, Hope, Pharrell, and Nash, to defend us as we complete the ritual. We must slay the creature that exits from the wound. Are you prepared for this? Hope will pull out her dagger and walk over to the pentagram. How big is this creature? It is difficult to say. It will not have necessarily a size. It will be in a gaseous form. Thus, your normal equipment won't be able to damage it, but... 
If you have equipment of a magical nature, that will suffice. Uh, Nash will back up and go there. <laughs> okay. At that news. <laughs> Across the room. <laughs> <clears throat> Give it a nice wide berth. Very good. Um, shall we begin then? How is the boil coming, Varel? It's fine. I'd like to check in with the Eye of Grosjil. I know that our our relationship is likely strained, but he did claim to know him in a previous life, and I'd like to kind of get some insight on that or just check in if it's true, because this is all this is all heavily suspect. The man who lied to us is, is, could easily be lying again. Oh, very good. So uh, you do this like covertly while you're cooking the cooking the the ointment. You're you're having a you know facing away from everyone. Maybe you know you're trying to get us have a conversation internally. Exactly. Okay. The eye in your chest smolders with familiarity. It is an essence that it recognizes but not only someone that's familiar but someone that it would be a formidable challenge to take in combat and thus respected you even get the sense that they may have fought before and the outcome was neither victory nor loss monsoon cabbage there is one you must still convince, and that is me. And I stir this while I talk to him. I stir the <laughs> boy. How did the one Grosjil end up inside the frog hemoth? Recognizing what you're asking, he looks down at the eye in your chest, and he says, I thought that looked familiar. You didn't have that when we first met. But I noticed you had gained it when we had our last conversation in the keep of Tietkala before I left. Who does this eye belong to? Answer my question first, and I'll answer yours. Sorry, this is Bo talking. I, I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did Grosjil end up inside the frog hemoth? To my knowledge, Grosjil did not end up inside a frog hemoth. He embarked on a journey with Dalit to find an answer to building the Trianglosphere. From what I know, neither Nash, the, the Tower Nash, nor Grosjil returned back to Earth with Dalit. And the principal had already long since departed our company. I remained on Earth and have no knowledge of what occurred to Groshill out in the void. Hmm. I like this not. Everyone in this room, witness my desire of not liking this at all. Allow me to reassure you of one thing. 
The Grosjil I knew only had one eye. I gather from your responses that perhaps this eye you bear now also once belonged to Grosjil. But I know not how it happened. Grosjil would not waste time with explanations of such things. He was forward-focused most of the time. And did not lament on the past. I assure you, Vorel, I mean no, I mean you no harm here. You have Stanley's trust, it seems. So proceed, for it is his body that is full of demons, after all. Very good. I would clarify, I don't exactly trust him. I simply don't see why it's not worth trying. And if it doesn't work out, then we get to get rid of a vampire. Exactly. Again with your barbed words. I thought you and me had a connection. I've been through a lot. I know. The world is a harsh, harsh mistress. Regardless, I will need everyone to chant with me. These are difficult words, so you may have to practice. And I will place those words in Discord. Discord, good place. Sure. <clears throat> you will have to say them as such. Nah, pari, kayofidyev, ikwil, flakliv, ikwil, flukvil. All right, you try it, everyone. <laughs> you want it simultaneous? Might be hard on Discord. Well, you might want to practice, so no need to do. Uh, you know, synchronous chanting, but if you want to give a crack at the <clears throat> infernal language, hope your character speaks infernal, so this comes more naturally to you, but reading your face, maybe you're a little bit like, oh my god, what is this jumble of letters? <laughs> but uh, It'll be fine. It is sourced from the English to infernal translator that you can find on the internet. Oh, I thought you were just writing Final Fantasy NPC names down on the list. That's what it looks like. <laughs> All right, well, Nash would take a crack at it, and he would do it just like this. He would say, Nah, Perry, Kavajadiv, Uquil, Flakafliv, Uquil, Flu, Flakalviel. Hope would come over and help a little with the pronunciation and where the stresses go and everything. You only have to say the line once. I will repeat the lines afterwards, but... The additional energy from your conviction will help push the boulder forward in the beginning. Very good. As the preparation prepared, Varel. <laughs> it boils. Ah, quickly then, put it in a bowl and pass it to me. Stanley, stand in the center of the pentagram. No one else should be on the inside as we begin the incantation. Stanley will be separated from us. Protected, if you will. I will 
battle Stanley's demons, but I want no part in these words. Perhaps we can fetch a, 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 a recording device. Pretend? That stuff Soft doesn't head. work anymore. They oh, used to exist. Head. They don't work anymore. <sighs> Softhead, uh, he's been silent for a little while now. You sort of see a hand limp from underneath the covering uh, there. But you hope he's not dead, or maybe you do, but you can't tell if he's dead or something. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, Stanley. Remove your shirt. All right. Stanley moves to the center, takes off his shirt, stands there. All right. Who amongst you wishes to carve the doorway to his soul? I'll do it. You mean cut into him? You mean like chop into his body? No, you just must pierce the skin, peel the skin back and create an opening. Holy shit, I'm not doing that. Uh, hope you do it. She just said she would, Nash. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but this is all very weird. I don't like it. All right, uh, do you have a weapon to to, to cut with, uh, Hope? Yeah, the dagger. Okay. So, um, Hope. Very quickly, Stanley gets out her dagger, <laughs> looking a little too ready for this uh, uh, operation. Yeah, I saw it before she cuts. She's like, oh, are you ready? I think as ready as I'm going to be. And then she'll cut. All right. Uh, make uh, either a medicine or arcana check. You're not looking to pierce muscle. You're just looking to peel a doorway of flesh into him. It was on a three initially. Okay, a 21. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. All right. Well, you just have to try a door in a different spot, right, if it went badly. But on your first try, what shape do you cut the door in? Is it circle? Is it uh, oval, square, rectangle? What do you What do you? It cut? would be rectangular, and she'd do it where that marking, the writing was on their necks. Oh, in the back of the neck, na- na- like the nape. Yeah. Okay. All right, um, you cut out uh, a square, maybe about half a foot long, a rectangle, and uh, you peel the skin back. Um, we're going to do some damage here, very light, but it hurts, Stanley. The knife is going in you. You take five points of damage. It's not too bad. It's Easy cut to gently. It's, it's, it, fe- it feels a lot worse than the HP loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very painful. Like, you know, the knife's cutting into your back. It doesn't hurt. It's a paper cut. It doesn't hurt right away, but as the wind and air gets exposed to your open muscle and, and bone, um, well, it does not feel pleasant. Okay, now bring the ointment here. We must frame the doorway. And Monsoon puts his fingers inside the boiling hot bowl and then dripping from his fingers is the mixture and he reaches out this is going to sting a bit and then he presses his finger against your back and draws a frame around the cut area that Hope cut out and this burns you for fire damage Uh, you take 8 points of fiery fleshy burny damage as it stings salt enters into into the wound um, in particular and the blueberries don't feel great either (laughs) 
as your back begins to smolder. And he says, very well, everyone gather around Stanley. Okay. I was hoping we could stay back, but I guess we can't. Well, we'll need you for the chanting. Oops. Outside the circle, though, right? Or outside the pen. All right. Yeah. Uh, yes, please stay outside the circle. Once the ritual begins, you will not be able to cross into the ritual space. At the apex of the release of the demon, I will shatter the field. And it will become released. Until then, just stay ready. Um, so, uh, weapons-wise, does anyone... You know, you can uh, prepare yourselves before we begin the ritual. Do you want to do anything? Um, I would pull my staff out and hold it. Mm-hmm. We could just be ready with my focus. Other than that, no. Uh, the dagger I think I'm holding is plain, but it does the D8 cold damage when held by the hand. Would the cold damage translate to magic? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's ma- the weapon itself is not magic, but the damage it inflicts being damaged, it would yeah, it would affect it for sure. Okay, so we'll negate the base damage, but I'll roll the two d eight cold damage instead. Okay. Perfect. Very good. All right. Um, and um, well, Stanley, no- notably because you have your shirt off and you're part of this exorcism, you have to you can't really have your equipment on you, but you can put it down somewhere to collect it. Uh. You're not really sure what's going to happen, but you may be indisposed uh, for some of this battle. So you would need to put it uh, somewhere. All right. He'd set it uh, outside of the circle, keeping what he can on. I'm assuming he could keep his necklace on. And I think I still have to keep the mask on because I'm attuning to it. All right. So well, this, the, it's not going to make a lot of sense, but I'll put this little meteor symbol where your stuff is. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, my bag's on fire. I lit it on fire so I'd know where it was. (laughs) Great. Um, And, uh, okay, so everyone's ready. Varel, do you have any equipment already, or are you good to go? I'll alight my sword. All right. It's a light. Now, when you are ready, say the beginning words with me. One, two, three... No, no Perry, Kayfedville, Equil Flackville, Equil Fleckville. And with that, the room begins to darken. And the light that's coming in from dusk completely blackens as the windows shake a bit and the whole house shakes. Clouds of smoke begin to swirl up inside the building. Visibility tends to go down. The fire stove goes out. And there's no more light in the room, except the pentagram below on the ground begins to glow crimson red and bathes Stanley in red light. He continues casting his verse. I vapal, she quillum, hafir madiv. I vapal, hadir titsum, ui kirv. I vapal had dear Ludwig forty riles. I vapal had dear Jotty Uviliev. Na peri keovid equil flakviv equil flekvil. And with that, uh, Stanley, your body becomes completely rigid. <laughs> your mouth opens, your eyes goes wide, your arms stretch out, and you make this screech. It's inhuman, 
as and then clouds of of shadowy smoke begin billowing forth from your nostrils and mouth and your eyeballs. And then it fills up in this cylinder of smoke contained by the pentagram. And Stanley's going... <laughs> and then from... You from know what's great? <laughs> Hold on a second. What's great is your Discord is set to get rid of high pitches. And so every time you yeah. do a high pitch, it's just silent. You just go... Oh, really? It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Is, he make, is that better? Can you hear it now? It's still, yeah. It still comes in and out. <laughs> Oh, damn. I need to fix that. That's a setting in there you can turn off. Everyone's like, maybe don't fix it. It's annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, because I have automatic determined input. Anyways, I guess we'll figure it out some other time. Uh, hopefully, it's not affecting things too much. But, anyways, no, you she's yelling. When you're just talking. Yeah, you're fine. And um, there's a cylinder of smoke. And then, and then Monsoon calls out <sighs> Stand at the ready. I'm about to break the bubble. And and then from his nostril, it looks like not just smoke, but you see a face and hands in the smoke. And it goes around and it goes, whoever releases me. And you hear it echo. And then Monson goes, now. And then the, the cylinder drops and the smoke fills the entire room. And you can't see anybody. You can see the silhouettes, but you can't see anything as smoke fills the room. And you see ah, face and, and cloud swipe. And it returns and it makes a beeline as it gathers up its smoke into a swirl straight back for Stanley's mouth to re-enter. Um, also, I guess there's stuff coming out of the door in the back. I realize I sort of made it all from the mouth, but we cut open a hole in your back. <laughs> the way I described it makes it seem like the thing in the back was useless. Let's go ahead and ret that, retcon that and say it's coming from your back as well. Okay. Um, I need rolls for initiative, please. Oh, man. It's time. 21. A 5. A 14. 17. Damn. Uh, Burrell 17, uh, sorry, uh, Nash is a five. Five. And um, Stanley, sorry, you were... 14. 14. Okay, so Burrell was 17. All right, um, I'm going to make the roll. Okay. Uh, all right, that puts uh, Hope, you're first. There's a cloud of smoke that essentially seems to be a living demon filling the entirety of the room. Um, there's nothing for you to target specifically at this point, but uh, smoke's everywhere, and you see the, the cloud of smoke in a, sort of this demon form lunging again for Stanley, and I will put a shape on the ground for how large it looks. Uh, I just need to put that in the, on the map here. Um, there, to, token layer. Alright. It's not really a token, but he's floating above the table above soft head uh and it's in this it's in this shape of a, of a being but it's made out of smoke unlike what's pictured there right now um and it's it's lunging towards stanley uh, your turn uh, cool she will run toward the table one foot on the chair then the next foot onto the table so she's she can reach it and then she'll use her attack action for three attacks on it okay Let's let's let it fly. Let's let those rolls fly. So you're gonna stab it three times with your ice knife. Yes. So I'll roll the hits first to see how many land, and then I'll give you a damage. 
Gotcha. All right, first one's a 30. Okay. Second one's a 27. Mm-hmm. Third is a 15. Third is a 15. Okay, so um, the 15, the 15 doesn't hit, the other two do. So that's 19 cold damage total. Okay, perfect. So uh, you see Hope immediately react. She runs up onto the table, uh, swings her like dagger through it, and she connects twice. And the connection looks like the blade is hitting some some blue material as it disperses cloud. (laughs) And you hear a... (laughs) Like a sort of yelling from the monster as it... Uh, receives the damage that you've inflicted on it, but it's still in this gaseous form at the moment, and it, it's not very satisfying, even though you're, it just feels like you're cutting cloud, but you're clearly damaging it, but your arm swings wildly through it, cutting it. Um, it is not vanquished at this time. Is there anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Nope, she'll stay there. Okay, we move on to Varel. All right. I just want to be clear at this point, however, that it was Nash and Hope who said the words aloud. I stood there like a uh, nervous choir boy and mouthed them and did not participate. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) And now I will engage. I run forward and join the fray. I will... uh, I'm going to stand between Stanley, staying out of the circle, but I'll be between it and Stanley, assuming it's going to try to run by me. And I will do some shield throws its way. Okay, perfect. So the fire, you, you summon the fire shield and fire it out at the cloud, the demon shaped cloud. First attack, a 22, and second is a 16. Okay, first one's a hit. All right. 15 points of fire damage. All right. You, the, the the shield goes through slicing and piercing at it. It makes disturbing noises once again. As it flies through, and then you catch the fire shield back in your hand. Anything else you'd like to do? Uh, how many points again, sorry? Uh, 15. Thank you. Anything else uh, for your turn? That's it. Okay, we move on to Stanley. Stanley, you are slowly beginning to regain control. You're panting a bit, but um, you you look before you and you see the shape bearing down upon you. What do you do? Stanley kind of gets to a knee, still breathing heavily and tired, but kind of fixes his hand and is going to fire three Eldritch Blasts at the creature. Okay. Uh, you don't requ- you don't require material for that. There's no focus necessary for this thing. No, just Perfect. verbal and somatic, and that is a. You're good to go. 27, a 25, and a 31 to hit. Okay, all hits. Okay, it is 10, 16, 25 uh, points of force damage. Okay, so 25 puts you puts the damage total at 49. Um, all three of those were hits. Uh Okay, so you fire the Eldritch Blast in there, and they sort of, as they hit, 
they explode inside like the cloud. It looks like lightning inside of a cloud, but it's all in this small little cabin. It just goes... And smoke disperses all over the place and the face uh, screams as it continues to lunge at you. Um, severely damaged at this point, but still alive. Um, anything else you want to do with your turn before we move on? Uh, Stanley will just kind of right himself a bit and uh, m- start making his way over towards his equipment in case there's anything he needs. So he'll probably get to about there, but not do anything with it just yet. Okay, so the smoke... Perfect. So the smoke uh, all around the cottage, whirling inside, kind of like a typhoon inside this tight space. All the garbage on the ground is now floating, and glass bottles are breaking everywhere. And there's you know pieces of wood going boom, boom, boom. You kind of gotta. It's not too dangerous, but you gotta dodge them a little bit. And the cloud of smoke goes and bears down upon you. Oop. Uh, let me just put that to the back there. It bears down upon you and attempts to enter back in through all of your open holes, your nostrils, your mouth, and the hole in in your back. Um, I need you to make a constitution save, please. Constitution save. And your butthole, John. I know it's gaseous, (laughs) but did I get an attack of opportunity? Yes, you did. Awesome. Oh, did I as well? Yes, you did. Sorry, I forgot. It's been sorry. It's been a year. Thanks <laughs> of opportunity. Yes, yes, I, absolutely. I got a one. Yeah, we both got one. We got one. What? Oh, yeah. you're married and everything. That's uh, goes back into Stanley in question. Oh my god. What well, we now it's going to be a proper welcome back to my DMing because you both rolled ones. That is very unlikely to happen and signifi- signifies a grand error. Um, your one hope. Not only do you drop the knife on your one but you launch it in Varel's dis- direction, lodging it in his thigh. And uh, as well, you lose control of your flame shield uh, and fire it and bonk her in the head with it. Roll damage on each other, please. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. It's a gaseous opponent, so you yeah, both you know, put too much power yeah. into it and just, you know, like, yeah, overcompensated. So nine points of regular damage, nine points of cold damage. Oops. Uh, 20 points of fire damage. Jeez. <laughs> Half that. Half that? You got Yeah, okay. Cool. You guys have lots of hit points. You're fighters. You'll be fine. Exactly. We were you'll going live. for ranged attacks. It's all right. You'll survive. Goes with the job. Dangerous things happen sometimes. Don't oh, roll one. Don't roll double ones. Like, I have to celebrate the fact that two ones were rolled in the same. Like, they, oh, they yeah. cannot go by without ceremony. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, you have to. Um... My you save was a 17. Okay, so um, you're, as, you're not quite sure how you did this. You've never had a gaseous form attempt to enter into, into you, but you are able to, with the power of your soul, spirit, um, block it from entering deeper into your throat. Like, you're just kind of going, ah, ah, pushing it out, <laughs> like making air go that way. Ah, as, you, as you try to gla- latch onto something and fight it off, but you're like... And even though um, it hasn't consumed you or done anything with you, you are currently uh, tied up fighting it. So you won't be able to, you'll be able to move around, but you won't be able to do anything other than fight against it. You know, you you can't do like any other actions besides that, uh, uh, taking care of it. Um, So it doesn't succeed at uh, consuming you. Uh, So Nash, uh, you're last in the turn order. Yep. Um, All right. I would like to 
from my position. Oh, I don't want to hurt. That shouldn't, though. Okay, I'm going to cast Chromatic Orb. Uh, and I want to cast it with Cold Damage. Um, which I have to choose before, if I remember right. Yeah, I do. Um, so let me cast this thing. Let's see, you have to do a... Where's the saving throw info on here? What, uh, which spell is it? Chromatic I mean, Orb, level 3. Hand. Hold on. 5, 8, so I think it might be an attack. I think it's just an attack. Okay, so here's for Yeah, you, ch you choose the damage type, and then you make a ranged spell attack against the target. Ah, oh, jeez. What a shit roll. And what um, level did you cast it at? Level 3. Okay. So it's a 12 to hit. Probably not going to mm -hmm. hit. Did it hit? No. Okay. Then that's so a whiff. flies through flies past it whizzes past Stanley's head whoosh, and through the gaseous form and yep. hits the wall behind it. Beautiful. Making a little ice patch on the wall. Um or big ice patch. It's a big third level spell. I'm also gonna uh move do a little movement here. I'm gonna move behind this. Is this a crate here? Uh it might be. Can't tell. I don't I don't know what you're pointing at. The thing where my body is, I just got behind it on the map. Uh, well, there's a there's like a bench. Yeah, I mean it's only like a maybe half a foot off the ground or something like that. It's not really cover. It's garbage on the ground. Half a foot. Well, then I still have yeah. movement because this is a small space. <laughs> it's just there's no. If you want to get cover, you'll have to go behind one of the walls or like flip the table over or something. I'm gonna Some go where this trash. I'm gonna go hide behind this chair. There you go. We'll put this garbage. <laughs> okay. This. So Nash runs behind a chair and is yeah. like, as his hands on, is looking through it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Like what I'm gonna do. Level sorcerer hiding behind a chair for the security. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, perfect. All right. So, um, Hope, it is your turn next. It's back up to the top of the turn order. Uh, just for everyone's benefit, Monsoon is continuing to chant and seemingly control things. He has his hands up. He seems he's, he's occupied with the incantation. So um, it's back to Hope. All right. I'm being told about a monster truck right now. So if you guys hear something cool, like monster trucks <laughs> jumping or something. All good. There's spirits awesome. everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. You just hear them. There's the monster trucks alive <laughs> in the waves. Teeth, it's got teeth, too, now. It's pretty cool. Damn. <laughs> Sharp teeth. That's <laughs> 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 too cute. He's too cute. All right, if she's uh, with the trucks, or if you, okay. if you don't have time, we can we can defer the turn if you need I to think, hear about the I monster trucks. I think I trucks. got it. Thank you guys okay. for listening to that spirit. Really wanted oh, to get it out there. It. All right, uh, Hope will run off the table, so one boot onto the chair that she stepped up on, one boot onto the floor. She'll run by Varel, rip the dagger from his thigh, and run around to the monster and attack it uh, three times. Okay, perfect. Let's do it. A 19, a 21, and a 29. All three are hits. Thirty-seven cold damage. Wow. Thirty-seven cold damage. Oh, total for all the hits? Yeah. 
All right, so you swipe in, careful not to hit Stanley, whoosh, at the gaseous form all around his head, whoosh, 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 and lar- large, like, streakers of, of cold, like, ice, like, just sort of, almost like if you had a glacier and you took your, your knife across, it would, like, chunk off pieces of ice. Like, it turns, it condenses the cloud into black pellets of ice. And it, as you, like, slice open... And it screams and lets go of Stanley. And then all the clouds summon up into the ceiling. And now you can see each other clearly again. And there's just cloud on the ceiling. And the cloud reforms at a safe distance from everyone back towards the other end where Nash is. Nash, it's behind you now. You're no longer protected by the chair. Um, (laughs) And it forms into a physical manifestation. And you see, as pictured, a large torso on four legs with long human-like legs and arms and his back reaching up near the ceiling. (coughs) Now his face looks like it has no features, except there's a big pair of lips at the top of the forehead. Like someone took the chin and just went right over the whole face. And it's gray and blackened. And it looks out at you and it says despair and uh, I need to get a cone here I need a cone shape that looks appropriate um yeah why don't we do death spell that sounds cool um (laughs) sounds ominous is what it does yeah it does so hang on 10 20 hang on Cover, cover up 10, your holes 20, there, uh, ver- or, uh 30, John. 40, 50, 60. Okay. Oh, shit. Oh, no. I didn't put this. Look at that thing. It's like a big schmear. Right, yeah, cover a your holes. A little bit larger. Right out of its upper thigh. Okay. So, hang on. We'll put it. Actually, it has to center probably off his. I'll center it off here. All right. And then as it, op- it opens up its upper lip. And what you see inside mesmerizes. It looks like there's this demonic galaxy inside made of bubbleless purple pulsing bulbs. And as you look at this horror, it causes you to feel like you're being electrocuted, but not with electricity, with mind tricks. And it's just like... As you look at it, it discomforts you. Um... However, it doesn't harm you in either way, but the casters among you immediately recognize that they're in, if standing up, you can tell Nash you're not actually in it because you're behind him, but Stanley, you for sure realize you're in an anti-magic field and cannot cast any magic Mm. in this field. Um, Some bullshit. All right. And, And then as it does this and as you get disconcerted, Small little creatures grow from the wood around on the sides. Four of them. Oh boy. These creatures are scaly and black, have a single eye and a large jagged mouth um, looking to eat. And they all grow out of the wood as if summoned through the wood. And they go, ah, and they, they, they roll into the initiative order. Okay, that's very low. And, um... Yep, Pope, or sorry, Varela, it is now your turn. Is Stanley moving again, or is he sort of frozen? He's, 
He's free, but Monsoon is continuing the ritual. But, okay. Uh, yeah. He, he's he's moved around and he's swatted at the uh, it, this being in gaseous form. Is the is the maw into the face of galaxies open currently? Yes. And Did as I... you stand in it, your flame shield pops out, like winks out of existence. I would like to pick up the cage of soft head and throw it into the maw. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care. Do it. Okay. Um, we can either go with improvised weapon attack using strength since it's a, a heavy weapon, or we can do an acrobatics. No, it would be an athletics check uh, as you prefer to try and aim it. I would, I would accept either manner of resolution. All right, both are the same. I will enter my rage and I will pick up Softhead's cage by the top sort of handle. And he wakes up and he goes, what's going on? (laughs) And I will give it a whirl into the maw of the beast. Dinner's over. (laughs) 27. (laughs) Wow. All right, I think I got to roll a counter thing just in case. All right, uh, you take the cage and... It fits in sort of perfectly. It just goes whoop and closes off the anti-magic cone as it's now blocked in the cage. is sitting stuck in its face and it, it, you hear it go as it writhes around confused by this most unusual of tactics. Um, uh, and so that is gone. Uh, success. The anti-magic field has now been uh, stopped off. It's not caused any damage and it's sort of it's about to be preoccupied with removing it. Stan, uh, any other moves you would like to do for him? I will. No, I would stand victorious and do a ah, and a little, a little arm. arm uh, what would this even be called? A, 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 a fist bump? Yeah, but it's like elbow down celebration. The the big elbow. Drop. Oh, yeah, like the the the, the, tr- the tr- trucker thing. Like you go, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like I'm a choo choo. Big rigging. I'm big rigging. You're big Bigger rigging. All right. <laughs> Perfect. I can see the shot there. Like you throw it, it lands in its face, and then you turn to the side silhouette still and go, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Big rigging. All right. Uh, Stanley, you're up. Uh, Stanley decides to skip the equipment. Clearly, the fight's still on. Things are still tense. He's going to move his 30 feet. Uh, he kind of kicks the chair out of the way as he gets over to it, looks at his opponents. And then just goes kaboom and casts destructive wave. Oh my. Okay. Uh, oh, you have destructive wave as a spell as well? I do as a, as a matter of fact, I do. Okay. <laughs> okay. And is that controlled or is that hit? Um, it it's been a while since so I hit opponents. Constitution save for any target I select within a 30, uh, 30 foot radius. So that will hit. Oh. Each creature you choose. Yep. Nice. Uh, oh, you know what? Let's do let's do this. Um, I didn't see those other ones. First. Did those just pop up or were they there? Yeah, they sorry. There were four. I put only put two, but there should be four. So there's four of them. All right. Well, let's Stanley doesn't kick that chair. Okay. He would want to stay there where he can hit all of them. So he'd go Perfect. alongside Varel and hit his destructive wave. So it's a constitution save on all of them. They have to be a constitution save of 20. That was a bad whistle. (laughs) 
was a bit better. Um, constitution save. All right, I'm rolling four constitution saves for these little demony creatures that have spawned in. Thanks for us, it just looks like you're air kissing, by the way, when you whistle. I was air kissing? Because oh, we don't hear it. That? Yeah, it cuts it out. All right. Um, constitution save. All right. Oh, my God, I rolled really well. Um, so you only hit one of the little guys? I'm sorry. It'll be fine. Don't, um, don't you worry about it. Okay. And uh, for the big guy, uh, definitely a hit. So you hit one of the little guys and the, one of the big guys, demons. Okay, well, it still guy. hits all of them, but it's just whether they take half damage or not. Or, oh, perfect. All right, on, so let, me, then... let me read this again just because it's been a while since I did it. You strike the ground, creating a burst of divine energy that ripples outward from you. Each creature you choose within 30 feet must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 5d6 thunder damage as well as 5d6 radiant or necrotic damage. It'll be radiant. Damn, and knocked prone. A creature that succeeds on the saving throw takes half as much damage and isn't knocked prone. Oh, okay. So, um, let's, let's see what happens then. So let's do thunder damage first. Okay. It's 11. Gotcha. And radiant damage second is 16. Okay, so uh, one of these guys takes 26 points of damage, right? Nice. Um, uh, 27. Actually, so 27 and they're knocked prone. Okay. And they're knocked prone if they failed. Okay. Perfect. So let's start with the um, the big guy. The big guy takes the twenty, the full amount of damage. Let me just check for resistances here. Uh, yeah. So it would be thunder no. and radiant, okay. as far as strengths and weaknesses. Okay. So twenty. Sorry, you said twenty-seven, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Seventy. All right. So that big guy's taken a total of seventy-six points of damage thus far, and then one of them takes the twenty-seven points of damage. Twenty. Okay, perfect. Um, and the other ones take half, so half of 27 would be 15, half of 6 is 18, rounded up 19. Okay. So, perfect. All right, so two two of them are knocked prone. Um, the big guy falls down with the cage stuck in its face, and one of the ones to the left near Nash also falls down as well. I'm just going to put a weird symbol on him there so we can remember that. There we go. There we go. And I'll do the math on the rest. Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Um, can I ask for a DM decision on rule for cool? Oh, sure. Yeah, what's going on? Can I say parlay and have diplomacy lift up off the pile of equipment and stab the little guy next to him? <laughs> uh, for, for bonus actions? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Nice. <clears throat> so you kind of fling it like you say par as as the destructive force goes out you look at your thing you go parlay and fling it at one of the guys okay uh it's 24 to hit yeah and it stabs the little guy for nine points of piercing damage all right so that so the the, the radiant is it necrotic or radiant damage uh for diplomacy the second half no the oh the second half force. it was radiant damage okay perfect so um i imagine it looks like the ground and house shakes and the, the windows rattle it only affects damage wise but uh white light emerges from the floorboards as it as as like a wave of invisible force just smacks them down on the ground and then the other ones also get hit but they don't fall down and then one of them gets stuck in with your sword um 
and every they're all reeling. And the big the big thing has the the cage stuck in his face as it falls down. Um, given that it's its turn, it takes all four of its like arms and puts it on the soft head uh, cage. And soft head looks and goes, "Oh my god, what's going on?" And <laughs> <laughs> help me, help me, Monchon or Monchon. He doesn't have a tongue. Um, he tries to remove it and he wraps his legs around it and he goes as he pulls the as he pulls it out of his face and then clambers on back up um, but his face is sort of closed up um, sort of like healing it like it was really unpleasant having that cage in its face um, and so that action was its turn essentially uh, so we move on to Nash okay so Nash you're hiding behind a chair yeah and that thing now manifested physically behind you like this, right? Yeah. So you're looking behind you going like, what's it doing over there now? Yeah. Um, yeah. How tall is this thing? Is there a height to it? It's reaching the ceiling, so nine feet, nine to ten feet. All right. Well, in a show of, um, I don't know, uh, fortitude, <laughs> uh, I'm going to use my built-in underwear DNA to hover to... Uh, be as high as I can be in that room. Okay, so you float to the ceiling. I fly up to the ceiling, and I'm going to do the following things. First, uh, we are going to attempt Chromatic Orb again at level three. Uh, here's okay. the, please be a good roll. What damage time? Uh, this will be cold again, because I saw okay. that work with, uh, with hope. So here we go. Please, 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 please. Okay, that's much better. 20, not natural. It's a hit. All right, here is the damage at level three. Whoa, what was that? It's a lot of dice. Uh, 21 <laughs> points total of cold damage. 21 points of cold damage. Yeah. All right. So you float up with your underwear DNA all the way up to the top, and then you let out a large orb of cold, and just volleyball it into his closed-up face. Yeah. It sort of smacks it, and then now there's this giant, like, sheet of ice over top of his face, and it's trying to open its mouth and can't because he's like, it's frozen. You can, and, and, um, and it reels back, being knocked back against the wall from the force of being hit. All right, I'm going to smack it. It's still moving and writhing around, and Monsoon yells out, It is close to done! Okay, my deal it. It's killing blow. Oh, if that's true, my tiny hand has something to say about this. So, little neck hand hasn't been pulled out in a while. Um, according to your notes, it can perform a any spell, especially cantrips that uh, don't require any special materials. And um, hold on, where's your notes? I lost it. Wait, is this um? It's a feat, right? And it can't, yeah. You Trained baby arm. You have a baby arm that has grown out of your body. Yeah. <laughs> the arm, the arm has an elbow for him and hand. The baby arm has a hand that may carry an item or wield a weapon. Yeah. Um, you can cast a spell. You may cast a spell that only requires somatic components. Right. The spell does not count towards your one spell limit per turn. There you go. So it's basically so a bonus spell. Only, only somatic spell. It's meaning so, I, got, I have to... Oh, it's not vocal, is it? I it's only to. a hand spell, so if it's got B or M in it, you can't do that. So I don't know that you actually have any somatic-only spells. Hold on, let me look. Yeah, some of these are all three. There's two. Hold on. I guess I've never really paid attention to that. Oh, you have Mold Earth. <laughs> mold Earth is somatic-only. 
That's good to know. That is good to know. Well, that's not much of a feature then, is it? That's a poo feature. <laughs> well, you can make a sandcastle <laughs> in the background while you do that. <laughs> I mean, I can't... But I, if you want to put a weapon in his hand as a free action, remember, free action is also something. If you just want to give it your staff or something, something I don't know. It just, I'll tell you what. I'll give it my... I have a dagger. I'm going to give it a dagger. Okay. And then I can have it throw the dagger in the same turn, right? Yep. Okay. Let's do that. He's got a dagger in his hand, in, in, in a little baby hand, and he will now huck it at uh, this character, this creature for piercing damage. Do we know what roll we're making for that? Yeah, it'd be a. Hold on here. Do you um, have a dagger? I do. I don't know if I. I well, mean, I don't have it equipped, but I just equipped it. Don't I have it in there? Hold on. I have a. I have a dagger. Hold on. I have a talking doll. What the hell's that in there for? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is your notes. You have eight scrolls of reverse gravity. Yeah. Uh, you have a handful of veggie peelings. Yeah. Uh, you have umbrella dong. And then you have this item called clothes are gross. <laughs> clothes are gross. And then, and then wood axe, deer ribs, and raccoon shield. Okay, I'll do the deer axe. Because you're right, I don't see the the, the wood axe. You do have a wood axe, apparently, or a wood axe. That's I don't I mean. see. I don't see a knife here. Yeah, there's no knife. All right, he'll throw the axe. So I'll, right. I'll give him the axe in his little baby hand, and then he will huck it at full force. Make your uh, attack roll. I please. guess the attack's going to have to be it's a dexterity. You're going to have to be dexterity modifier, basically. So all right, you're not proficient in it, so you won't get the proficient bonus. So your roll plus your dex modifier of plus one. All right, here we go. <laughs> Ten. All right, so you give the wood axe in the baby arm, and it's very heavy for the baby arm, and it basically throws it a foot. <laughs> You're like, I got this, guys. <laughs> I was wondering why I haven't used him more, and now I think I know the answer why I haven't used him more. It is a baby arm. It's just a shit arm. Um, okay, well, then that's my turn, and I did movement, yeah, because I floated, so. Yeah, all right, all right, so back up to Hope. All right, Hope's going to dash to the monster because that's the only way she's going to reach him. And then okay. she's going to spend her action surge to perform her attacks. Gotcha. We're warrior or fighter feet engaged. Extra action. A 16, a 26, and a 21. All right. Describe the killing blow. Oh. Nice. Ooh. Uh, she'll run up to it, but as she gets closer, she'll slow down to a walk, and then she'll crouch down with her hands on her knees, and she'll just kind of slowly sink the blade in, and it'll form into ice and crack and fall apart. Okay. So where, where are you stabbing it exactly? Sorry, I missed that part. Oh, she's just sticking the blade into the... Oh, that's right, because it's a monster now. She'll just... Into yeah. the neck. Into the neck. Okay, perfect. So you run down, you get low, you perform this crazy cinematic maneuver as you get close, dashing, and then summon all your energy. You do uh, rifle it with the with your knife in the neck. And as you do that, the knife stays stuck in it for a moment, and it goes... <laughs> I want to know and what sound it, he's making. And then it, then it, <laughs> am I not making the noise? Just anyway? going. 
<laughs> and then it, because of all the ice attacks, its its body like icens up. And then the <laughs> mouth opens just briefly. And then in that weird face of his, the face of Katobal Praith appears for just a minute. And st- you all hear him address Stanley and he says, "You will pay for this betrayal." And then it shatters into an ice uh, shower everywhere all over the place. And, and you know, pieces hit walls. Nash grabs a chair and tries to block it. Uh, and, then, you know, bounces off of rail all cool. He's still in fist bump motion as the pieces of ice bounce everywhere. The other demons in the room vanish out of existence and the room becomes calm again. Congratulations on defeating the Cursedborn. Nice. That thing was a dick. Monsoon looks around. He says, It is done. And he walks over to Softhead, picks him up, latches him back onto his belt, and then takes the straw and goes... <laughs> and drinks, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of blood from the straw. I will give a yes. All right, Stanley. When am I supposed to say the words? Oh, for the incantation? Yes. That was ages ago. Varel, <laughs> you said you weren't going to say them. <clears throat> well, only if I had to. Hope's wiping off the dagger and standing up and turning around. My sweet Vorel! And Monsoon comes forward and places a hand, clasp a hand and shoulder in companionship. The ritual is done. Your companion, Stanley, or shall I say Valir Ornath, son of Delete Ornath, is free of his curse. As I sense you all are now. I'll, yeah. I'll take the, the hand, you know, I, I won't push it off. Um, For you, uh, Stanley, you are now, you retain the benefits you got from that agreement, but you are no longer beholden to Catoba Prey through the weir. Uh, awesome. Congratulations on your freedom. Hey, we all got there in the end. Probably lost a couple of pounds too, right? That guy was, had to have been a little bit of something there, right? Yeah, and he probably weighed something for sure. You were carrying uh, something in your soul. Now, your back hurts a lot. That doorway probably needs to be sealed up. Um, but uh, Monsoon turns to you, Stanley, and says, Again, I, f- I formally apologize for my confusion back at Tietkala. I don't know if there's any way I can be of more help to you, but... If there's something more that I can do, Hope knows how to find me. Hope nods. She remembers. And with that, he he, he approaches the doorway to leave. Thank you for your help. I don't know if it's... uh, I don't know if it makes amends, but... I think we needed this more so than just what I needed. 
for that, thank you. The wastes are a difficult place, and despair is in no short supply. It feels ironic that one with a curse such as me should be the one offering hope to heroes like you. But these are strange times indeed. Farewell, heroes of the wastes. Before, he goes to, before you oh. leave, I'm going to reach out and, as if to shake his hand. Will you, will you yeah. accept my sh- handshake? He looks down at it. Yeah. But he doesn't look very trusting of you, Nash. Well, He's I, dealt with your kind before. Then I, <laughs> then I will rotate the hand to reveal some of those precious uh, pe- fruit peeling things that I have in my pocket. And uh, I'll offer those to him. It's not those much. are wasted on me. I cannot eat fruit and vegetables. Feed them to your weird uh, blood bag. Oh. Then he's, I've forgotten. He give, does need to eat. Yeah, he'll give him energy. Eat. Then he can, that's he, the whole idea. Then he you takes can both your hands and he says, thank you. Thank you. Softhead. Here, partake of these vegetables. <laughs> these, are, these are just palings. Eat them. <laughs> They're good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Softhead takes them starving and like, like ah, do you have any more of these peelings? Peeling. I do it's hard have, to talk without a tongue. I have more and I'll give him I'll give him a hand. I have a lot, so he can have a oh, whole. We have a little day. feeding zoo happening now. Yeah. You may you may feed him yourself if you wish, Nash. Alright, I'll do that. That sounds like fun. I'll, so, I'll that, so Softhead puts his face up to the bars and just opens his mouth with the cut tongue you can't see and ready for you to pop <laughs> feelings into it. Alright. I'll do that. Alright. Oh. I'll... Yeah, go ahead. I'll grab uh, Stanley by the shoulder next to him. Give him a little little shake of, of congratulations. Stare on at Nash feeding a small man in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have real food, but this is a happy moment. <laughs> and I'll look back at the stove that still has stew on it, look back at Nash, who's feeding peelings, and just kind of smile and nod. Softhead speaks of a bit. He stops eating for a bit. He says, You know what, guys? This reminds me of when we first met all those months ago in Dust Hill. I'm not sure that's a memory you should be dredging up. We've come so far (laughs) and grown so much. I'm soon going to be a vampire like my master. Master. Well, moment's ruined. Everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And then as he goes to leave, Monsoon says, oh, and one more thing. I remember delete Dalit mentioning when he told me of this trianglosphere that it had to be deposited in the hottest place upon the planet. He wasn't sure where, but I've had many years to contemplate where that might be. Have you given this any thought, Stanley, or Valir? Uh, we've tried to figure it out. We weren't sure either. If you have an idea, we'd be happy to hear it. He points to Nash and he says, Ask this one. 
about his home. The solar mines did not just mine solar rays, but deep beneath this planet we call a home burns a mantle and core of fiery hot spit. The forge of planets. I cannot say with certainty, but I would bet my immortal life that this place would be found in the solar mines. And I don't know how Nash takes it, but the rest of the party is now afflicted with dread (laughs) as they thought maybe they would never have to see this place. And it looks like they might have to. The Uh, words echo through your, your brain. Yeah, I would be, I'd be afflicted with feelings of potential revenge. Yeah, I'd be farewell, heroes of the wastes. And he turns and he walks out into the night. Um, straight to bed. It's now nighttime. It was a strange encounter. We are wrapping up this week's session, so we can move things along a bit by doing a little bit of la di da. And say that, uh, uh, you know, there was some conversation about what happened, but overall the party feels elated by having this small but very important victory, particularly Stanley, in obtaining his freedom. Very large victory, really. And um, everyone retires to their usual uh, spaces at night, but their head spaces are not quite what they have been these few days. And a glimmer of hope appears in each of the party members' minds. Everyone is woken to a large sound. This like rising. Varel pops his head out of a sand nap to see the house going. Vibrating and shaking and from the ground rises up a great wooden contraption as if it was buried under the sand. Inside the house, Hope Nash and uh, Stanley, you're risen from your bed only to see out your windows something rising. <sighs> and Varel, you behold the sight of a large elven airship floating now above the ground. And upon it, a full contingent of ghost elves manning the sails and manning uh, all sorts of ship-like tasks, like carrying barrels. And they go, are you put that over that? And, and, and moving and yelling and you're all wakened. And the cottage is seemingly now molded into the backside of the captain's quarters of the ship. And Hope, Stanley, and Nash rush outside to see what the commotion is in there. Um, they view this beautiful vista of a beautiful elven ship, as promised. And amongst these... A rather tall and familiar-looking ghost hobbles up on a peg leg and addresses Stanley. Why, hello there, nephew. We've never met before, but I'm glad to have you aboard your ship. And that's where we'll end it. Oh, man. All right. (laughs) Nice. Oh, you're a pirate and you didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. I enjoyed so, the hell out of that. As a little task, because we have this is a ship, and it seemingly going to belong to Stanley. Uh, John, you have some homework this weekend. You're going to okay. need to come up with a name for your ship, and you can should involve your teammates to make a name that you can all be proud of. <laughs> Nash Junior. Just kidding. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Nash Junior. 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 <laughs> Yep. We'll have a suggestion box. Everybody can put in their name. and yeah. uh, The name, I was going to pre-name it, but I decided you should name it. Um, the name that kept popping up to me was the Inside Yoke, but I don't think that's very good. That may not work. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, ships have yokes, I think, right? Uh-huh. Um, sure. And there's a lot of inside <laughs> jokes on his show. So, you know, it's, ah, but I'm like, it's not good. My, it. brain, yeah. my brain keeps liking it. So I, I don't recommend it, but I just wanted to share it. That's all. Sure, sure. Well, we'll yeah. we'll find out soon enough because next time we're in the waste and we got more to do. Uh, I really enjoyed today and I hope you all at home did as well. Uh, if you like what you hear on the show, hey, why don't support us? It's over. It's super easy. All you got to do is head on over to therewillbedungeons.com and click on the little support link and boom, you're in. Your favorite D&D show on Saturdays just got a whole lot better because of you and your support. Uh, so please do that. And everybody who has already, thanks. You guys are awesome. We think you're amazing. Uh, I think that'll do it for all of us. Uh, it's great to be back in the waste, everybody. For Bo, for me, for John, for Kristen, for Kyle, and for Monster Truck Spirits Everywhere. <laughs> we'll see you. Hold on, I'm not ready. We'll see you next. Nope, we'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.